Today's episode is presented to you by Best You Mental Health Clinic. Best You is a practice that provides a compassionate space, uniquely treating each client based upon their individual needs to reach their goals. At Best You, we believe mental health is not a trend, it is a lifestyle. Best You Mental Health Clinic is currently accepting patients 16 and up, accepts all major insurances plus self-pay. If you would like more information, visit bestumhc.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. And as you can see, I'm back in the studio for today's show. But the next few days, I will not be. Just a reminder, I will be on location. I'll be in Las Vegas the next couple of days, working the Mountain West Conference basketball media days. Yeah, I mean, we're expanding the show, but we're not going to take away from what it's been to this point. Received a tremendous opportunity in partnering with the sponsor you heard me reference at the top of the episode, at the top of the show. And, you know, we're just going to continue to to grow this channel and grow this show. Obviously, the American Athletic Conference is still going to be the 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 main the main staple, so to speak. But, you know, as you all have learned following my content, I do talk a lot about realignment. I am starting to, to, to expand more into the group of five teams. And then when basketball gets going, that will include the mid-major teams. I personally have always been a fan of mid-major basketball. I think it's the best basketball in the country. Back when I was a high school basketball coach, I watched a lot of mid-major basketball because that's where I got the most um, learning from and, and being able to apply to what I was doing. So anyways, um, that's where we're headed. So very excited about that. Had a great time at the American Athletic Conference Basketball Media Day yesterday. It was very well run. If you have not watched yesterday's episode, it includes a one-on-one -on -one interview that I was able to get with Commissioner Oresco. We talked about Army. We talked about potential future basketball-only members. We talked about is the current media deal safe in the, in the midst of the, the, the realignment cycle that's happening. And, uh, and I also just asked him, what do you look for when you're bringing teams in? What, what do you evaluate and what... Do you require, request, or, or expect from, from universities before you offer them an invitation? So I'd strongly encourage you to go watch that interview. I also have um, a couple of clips on there from uh, Memphis with Coach Penny and uh, FAU, Coach Dusty May, uh, being able to talk at both of those tables. On this episode that you're watching right now, I have really the rest of the clips that I was able to cut and content that I got yesterday. Um, so you're going to see UAB, Wichita State, Temple, UNT, and UTSA on this one. If I missed your team, listen, I'm sorry. All right, it was, it was like controlled chaos. It was organized, but it was controlled chaos, especially for me, because um, when I went and did my one-on-one -on -one with Commissioner Oresco, there was obviously stuff happening that I missed out on. Then I went to go cut and edit some of the things. Then I started losing power, and in the media workroom, they didn't have any outlets, so I had to go find a spot outside the workroom. And long story short, I got as much content as I possibly could. I feel like the most valuable pieces of information in, in, in Q&A that I got uh, is, is the rest of it is on this episode. So stick around for the whole show and you'll get there. But the thing I really want to touch on is the tweet from our friend Jim Williams. He's been a guest on the show, uh, but I feel like some people are taking it and running with it like a little 
maybe I'll say irresponsibly. And I don't know if it's irresponsible or if it's just unknowingly. Like, I really want to bring you back to some factual information as far as where things stand with the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference right now. Um, and so that's what we're going to discuss on today's show. Plus, I'll give you the you, you have the rest of the content from yesterday's Basketball Media Days. And uh, let's get this thing going. Before I get started officially, you know what to do if you're watching on YouTube. Like, subscribe comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please, please, please leave a five-star rating and a review. I've seen some more reviews come in on Apple Podcasts, and I very much appreciate you, um, especially someone even referenced that they loved the, the G5 coverage for football. And, and like I said, that's, I mean, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping this channel becomes the voice of, right? You know, the voice of the American Conference, but the voice of G5 football, the voice of mid-major basketball. Like, let's, let's bring some quality content and coverage to some programs and universities that maybe don't get it at the national level because I feel like there's just as rabid of fan bases and I feel like it's just as quality of competitiveness and performance. But let's look at this tweet. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Jim Williams said last night, at this time, the ACC, okay, not the AAC, the ACC has vetted a number of potential future candidates. Here's a partial list. Partial list is the key word. I'm sorry, the key word is vetted, and then the other key word is partial list. So you've got Tulane, USF, Tigers Athletics, that's Memphis, UAB, ECU, and Tulsa. And then he put in order of interest for now. So it looks like it goes, their order of interest, according to Jim, in this tweet is Tulane, USF, Memphis, UAB, ECU, and Tulsa. Okay. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, especially if you're a fan of one of those teams that was on that list, because I know I have people from each of those fan bases that listen to this show or watch this show. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on it, but let's just do a little bit of a reality check. First off, let's define what vetted means. In realignment, vetting means nothing. Okay? Like, I went on a blind date one time, and I never talked to or saw the girl ever again. Like, that's basically the equivalent to vetting and realignment. Like, we're just dating. I went on a blind date, never talked to him ever again. So think about that for a second. If you're married even, how many people did you go on a date with? Not even that you actually dated, but that you just went on a date with before you ended up getting married. Now, some of you, you may have married your high school sweetheart and you're looking at this like, yeah. But my point is, is that vetting just means we're evaluating. We're looking at other teams. Does, here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean we're looking at adding. It doesn't mean we're looking at expanding. It doesn't even mean that these are going to be the teams we target if we decide to expand beyond what we're expanding now. Quite frankly, to me, the next three teams that are most likely to get added to the ACC in the event they even look to expand more, which I'm going to talk about the hurdles that have like kind of the things that have to happen for the ACC to even get to that point. But honestly, what would make the most sense if they were saying, okay, we want to add three more teams for 2024. The sensible options would be UConn, even though their football team is atrocious this year, though they just beat Rice. Um, but they're one in five. But their basketball brand is 
supreme. And then I would say Oregon State, Washington State to kind of help shore up that Western front. Um, not saying that's what's going to happen at all. I'm just saying like those would be the next three likely candidates in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. So let's just look at facts now. What needs to happen for the ACC to actually look to expand? Well, they're going to have to lose more than three teams first off. So the, the teams right now that are most, there's the most smoke around leaving the ACC are Clemson, Florida State, and UNC. If those three teams were to find a way out of this conference and get a landing place with the SEC or Big Ten or whatever, I don't think the ACC looks to expand from there because they've got three teams coming in next year. And all they have to have are a minimum of 15 teams to keep their media deal secure. And that's from Brett McMurphy with Action Sports. He said this a while ago, a little bit earlier on in the realignment season. He said, one reason the ACC is considering Stanford, Cal, and SMU, so this tells you how far back this was, is the ESPN's media rights deal with ACC allows ESPN to renegotiate, reduce the revenue, if the league drops below 15 members. Sources told Action Network HQ. So I don't, I don't think if just those three teams were to leave that they're going to start looking to expand more. They got to stay at 15. And all bringing in more people does is, is, you know, makes the pie even larger that you have to share. Unless you have teams coming in on the SMU type deal, which I don't know that there's going to be a team that wants to or looks to do that. So let's talk then about what's the holdup right now which a lot of you probably know, but like, let me just remind you, because these are some pretty significant hurdles as it pertains to leaving the ACC. First off, there's a $120 million exit fee, which is over triple the annual revenue. So $120 million exit fee, but guess what? If you manage to get your boosters and your supporters and your donors and you rally around and you raise that money and you pay the exit fee and you're out, you leave the ACC, you still don't have your broadcasting revenue rights because those are tied up in the grant of rights. Well, the grant of rights doesn't expire until 2036. So that's the big thing right now. That's the big hiccup. It's not just a $120 million exit fee. It's you could leave and still not have the rights to your home games, the, the, the television revenue of your home games. And so Clemson, there was some smoke around them, whether it was last week or the week before, where they were saying, oh, we're going to figure this out sooner than later. I don't remember. There were a couple of reports that I referenced, I think on last, I think it was two weeks ago, on a show two weeks ago. But the truth is, that's pretty ironclad. So if North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson figure a way out of that, like the ACC is still good. So that means that Three or four other teams are going to have to not just pay the $120 million exit fee, but they're also going to have to find a way out of that grant of rights. Don't know what that's going to be. That's what the big holdup is. I'm sure that's what the legal teams for Florida State, Clemson, and UNC, I mean, I'm sure that's what they're trying to figure out now. That's why they didn't want to add those other three teams uh, early in realignment. They were trying to use that as a sticking point. Hey, give us a way out of this grant of rights and we'll vote them in. But then they ended up getting, I guess, NC State to flip, whatever. So, 
I just want to kind of bring things back to reality. And really that, everything I just talked about on that 120 million exit fee and the grant of rights, that's a, I mean, that was from the AP news. Like that's the source of information that I'm pulling from for that. And I'll put the link down in the description or the, um, yeah, in the description. I always want to say we're in the comments, but it's not in the comments. So, so like I said, if you're on that list that Jim put up, Tulane, USF, Memphis, UAB, ECU, Tulsa, like, do I think any of those teams would be a good fit into the ACC? Yeah, sure. Do I think that's likely to happen anytime soon? No. And most of it's not even based on my opinion of things. It's really based on the facts of the situation. Those $120 million exit fees plus the grant of rights. So unless there's something that's changing behind the scenes that none of us are aware of. So even if Clemson, Florida State, and UNC find a way to get out, like if I'm a fan of one of those programs, I'm still not getting too excited. I would start getting excited once there's a clear-cut exit from the grant of rights and probably six or seven teams start to jump ship. But then you also have to look at, okay, well, if that actually happens, who's to say it doesn't turn into another pack situation where next thing you know, you're left with two, three, four teams. You know, so I don't want to go too far down that. But I saw that. I've seen a lot of the reactions. Some people have reached out to me uh, on, tw- on Twitter X. Some people have commented on yesterday's video. So I just wanted to give you my two cents on it, remind you of some things you probably already knew. But I know you see your team on a list like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to the ACC. It's like, well, just understand there's some significant hurdles and some significant steps that have to be taken to even get to where this vetting, you know, transitions to targeting and even then it's still not a sure thing but understand that and I'm sure what Jim knows that too like I I don't think it was his intention at all to get people revved up I mean I think he was just putting out information that he's heard that he's gotten from a credible source and and you know but he can't control how everyone else chooses to take that and run with it so anyways it involves a lot pretty much all American Athletic Conference teams This is a platform that covers the AAC, so I wanted to address it, give you my two cents. And now for the rest of the show, uh, I'm going to allow, I'm going to let um, some more content, the remaining content from yesterday play. Um, If you're just listening, you'll probably need to look in the description at the timestamp so you kind of know who it is that's talking unless you recognize the voices. I just couldn't come up with any other way to really, I guess I could have said that at the beginning before I asked the question. But like I said, there's not always, sometimes you're at a, at a table and there's like five, seven, 10 other people asking questions as well. So it's kind of getting yours in as you can. But the order this goes in is it goes UAB, Wichita State, Temple, UNT, and UTSA. So I'll let that play. And that's going to end the show. See y'all tomorrow. What is the mindset? I've had a lot of success building up to this but now that you're in a new conference new level of competition what's the mindset as it is to uh, approaching this year uh, the mindset's the same as it always is attack 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 uh, and that's what we're going to do we're going to attack this league um, and try to put ourselves in a position to play meaningful basketball in the month of march that's the goal each and every year we're we're obviously familiar with the five conference usa teams making the transition sure. with us and we have some familiarity just based on regional 
rivalries with the Memphis, with the South Florida in the past, with the Tulane. So we do have some familiarity, but obviously when you, you haven't been in those gyms in a while, you haven't made those trips in a while, uh, there will be a little bit of a transition. Did anything change for either of you this off season as far as your approach, developing whatever it might be, your mindset coming into this new season, knowing it would be a different situation conference-wise? Uh, yeah, mindset was definitely different. Um, we got nine new players, so for our four veterans that we got returning, we have to just make that sacrifice and step up as the leaders of the group. And post the season, like coach said, just attack, attack, attack. Yeah, my mindset was pretty different this uh, season just because it's my last year of college basketball. So just trying to come in and put my body, my mind, position to help this team be successful. And uh, as, a, as a team, just trying to use my experience of, of me playing from so many different coaches and different conferences to use my experience to help the new guys here in this team and try to lead them the best I can. Is there a conference game that you are most looking forward to? And coach, I'm coming back to you on this one as well. I say Memphis, yeah. I'm play against Memphis and FAU. I'm excited to play here, but I think the main ones are Memphis, FAU, North Texas, too. Like, those are the main power ones that I want Yeah, I hate to give you coach speak, but, you know, I'm just looking forward to the first game, November 6th. And, you know, in, in my world, I don't have the um, – the, the opportunity to look too far ahead. We try to stay in the moment. Best version of self, that's UAB basketball. I don't know if there's an appreciation for some of the steps of faith you took along the way to get to the seat you're in right now as the head coach at Wichita State. Could you just maybe speak to some of your journey to getting to this point? Yeah, I, I would tell you that, you know, there's a scripture that tells us that you have plans, but God orders your steps. And I think through this entire process, uh, you're just trying to fulfill your calling, uh, whatever you believe the calling upon your life is. I, I think callings are holy things, and you want to pursue them to the best of your ability. So, I mean, regardless of your journey, I just wanted to be passionate about pursuing and doing the right things. I, I came up in an era where basketball was kind of the sport of the poor. And when I saw what basketball shared with the players that I was shocked uh, receiving a Division II scholarship that somebody gave me breakfast on account of receiving a scholarship. And I remember just telling players as I went back to my neighborhood that if you'll approach this the right way, you'll benefit. And I've watched how it benefited. You know, I've currently got a guy on my staff in Quincy AC who played seven years in the NBA. And I've known Quincy since he was 15. But I've watched the benefit and how it's paid dividends for him as he approached things the right way. And so it's important that I do things the right way. Uh, and these players will be the first to tell you I, I don't always, but I need to acknowledge when I don't. But at the same time, you players need to understand that if we'll to go about this the right way, whatever abilities we have, I think God honors that. Mm. And so I'm kind of a testament uh, to that. Uh, it, it's different for everybody. Their journey is different for everybody. But a, as a person, for me, whose faith is important, it, it was important for me to pursue what I believe the calling on my life was. It's awesome. Thank you, Coach. You know, Temple, for me, growing up, I mean, I still see that Temple T, and I think, pretty powerful basketball brand and so what is the mindset heading into this season to really bring that back mindset this season is just playing hard every day leaving it all on the floor i mean that's the biggest thing stand stand together just playing hard everything else will take care of itself i mean the guys put enough work in 
but just playing tempo basketball, physical on defense, running in transition, and making the right plays. I would say pretty much like you said, uh, just stay connected. Um, uh, go out and compete at a high level every single game. Leave your all on the floor and play as hard as you can at all time. Coach. You know, we're, we're looking to compete every day. We want to get after it. We want to be gritty. We want to be tough. But we want to have fun. You got to enjoy playing with each other. You got to enjoy playing with our teammates. And you see that right now with the Phillies, right? The excitement they have, the Eagles, they look like they're having fun. And that's what our team's going to try to do this season. Coach, question for you specifically. New to Temple, but not really new to this footprint, this, this area, just with your experience. What do you feel like is the right recruiting footprint you know, and then balance of transfer portal and, and high school recruiting to really be successful at Temple? Yeah, firstly, I think you got to win your backyard. We know we got so many talented uh, players right around our area, whether it's in Philadelphia, New Jersey, Delaware, you know, D.C., Baltimore, all those areas right there. You jump in the car and get there. So you got to win your backyard and you got to find the right fit for Temple. You yeah. got to have great student athletes. But with that said, you're a national brand. So we can yeah. go anywhere that I think we need to do. We'll find the right people that fit how we're going to try to play and be great ambassadors for our university. You mentioned that the national brand. Do you, does that, is that still an, I don't want to use the word easy sell, but is that still something that you're able to sell with this generation of athletes? Because my generation, for sure. I think some of their parents understand it more, but I think our job right now since we've taken over, is we want everybody to understand the history. Absolutely. The great players, the great coaches. Um, and that's something we've really harped on. We've had so many former players come back uh, and speak to our guys and know what it takes to win a Temple and that pride in wearing the cherry and white. I'm asking every team this. So you got a lot of new faces in the conference now. Is there a particular conference game that you're most looking forward to in the upcoming season? All of them. Yeah. All of them. Coach, what about you? I don't think you can get a, get a better answer from your players than that. <laughs> you know, right now our focus is on November 6th. Maryland Eastern Shore. Yeah. We just go one game at a time. I know it sounds cliche, but that's the next game on our schedule. That's our focus, and we take that approach all throughout the season. Is there a team in the new conference you're most looking forward to matching up with? I'd like all three of you to answer that one. I know there's familiar faces that came over with you, but is there a game specifically in conference play you're most looking forward to? Uh, I say Memphis just because, um, you know, it's, it's Memphis. Uh, they got a good coach. They got good players. So I'll for sure say Memphis. I say FAU, just because the way we went out against them last year, I feel like the little simple mistakes we made is correctable and just to show everyone that we can compete at that, at that level. Yeah, I think those uh, those will be great. And then just the, the, the natural rivalry games that you get that we haven't been able to get, you know, the last few years, SMU is a big one. I think most people in Denton are really excited for that one. Uh, but even closer regional ones, Tulsa, Wichita State. Um, and then, yeah, knowing that, you know, we do have, you know, unfinished business with some of the members that came with us. So a lot, a lot of exciting games, man, I mean, across the board. Great venues, great coaches, great players. So really excited for all of them. What's been the mindset, not just getting ready for a new season, but a new season in a new conference? What's been the daily approach up to this point? Uh, just, I mean, honestly, it's been taking it day by day. We know that it's going to be a more like this will be a physical conference. It's going to be a lot faster, a lot more athletic people. So we're, just, we're taking that into mind. But it's just taking it day by day, working our hardest. Um, I'm saying the same thing about taking it day by day, but not trying to force it in one day. 
um, and every day just coming in and working hard, like going straight at it every day and not taking no days off. Mm-hmm. So that's helping us in the conference. And coach, I think in terms of moving to a new conference, it doesn't necessarily change what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Practice, you know, we've anticipated, we've talked about the physicality, we have to be prepared for that. We recruited, you know, with that in mind, knowing we're going to have to be physical up front, going to have to rebound with the physicality. Uh, but you know, you're always trying, trying to be the best you can be, regardless of what league you're in, regardless of what your next opponent is. That's kind of a boring answer for people, but that's what it's all about every day: is trying to get better and, and maximize, you know, individual talents. If everybody does that and we come together collectively, uh, be the best team we can be. Is there a game, a conference game specifically? I know. There's some familiar faces in there too, but that you're most looking forward to uh, playing when conference play gets going. I honestly say I'm just ready for conference play. I have no specific team I want to play against. I just want to beat everybody. Come on. Oh, you got it? I mean, I'm not going to sing a lot of teams. I'm just ready to play. It's all in conference. I'm just ready to play. Yeah, I think I think the newness, having a whole bunch of new opponents, uh, is exciting. We, we understand and respect the tradition and some of the environments we're going to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up about 45 minutes north of Wichita, so I know what that environment will be like. I know what that tradition is like. Uh, that'll be a fun one for us. Yeah.